Sage is fighting the fight. He has fought cities. He has fought counties. Politicians. Naysayers. Hell, he's even fought mayors. Thank you for listening to Sage and the Houseless Movement, a weekly show dedicated to the news and views of the homeless locally and worldwide. And all other things considered homeless? Yes. Broadcasting live from your Alexa device, the Radio Free Network app, iOS, WMBU.org, Many Voices United, and the RadioFreeNetwork.com. And now, from some wooded area in Akron, Ohio, here is Sage of the Rage Lewis. Well, I've done it. Uh, not everybody can do this. Takes a special skill. But I am proud to say I now come with a warning label. That's right. What you're listening to is dangerous. It's not dangerous because my ideas or discussing the oppressive cruelty of the American capitalist system. It's because I like to say the word fuck. That's right. Fuck. So, uh, if you haven't heard the warning, let me put it out there. <laughs> Going forward, you might hear things. I, fuck is my favorite word. Okay. It's my favorite word. The reason I love it is because it doesn't seem to offend anybody in particular. Fuck isn't like, like misogynist. It's not, uh, uh, um, against mentally disabled people. It's just a good word to describe fuckery. And not only is fuck a great word, like, like it's, 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 you can use it in a, you could probably make a whole sentence just with the word fuck. Like, well, you, 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 actually you just start to just dash in like other little words, like that fucking I like then piece of shit. I also like shit. Yeah, you're right. I like shit too, because also everybody shits. It's not like a woman thing or we all shit. And so, so that's my second favorite. So I do like to use them. I do like to use them together. Like you fucking piece of shit. That's, ooh, that's so good. That's so good. You know, and, 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 and I love to play with them in different kinds of ways. Um, now, a word you typically are not going to hear from me is cunt. Okay. Now, cunt will not typically be on my show. So you don't have to worry about the word cunt. And the reason I don't use the word cunt a lot or at all, I try never to use the word cunt is because I do feel like it has misogynist overtones. I'm, I, I, it feels anti-feminist and I am a feminist. Now, my wife loves to use the word cunt and I feel like the word cunt is a great word for my wife to use because she is a woman and you know it's like the n-word of which i will never say not even now uh it's a great word for African-Americans to use because they are African-American and it is demeaning to African-Americans when other people use it um but although the n-word is interesting because it can have positive overtones in the African-American community, I think, whereas the word cunt almost never is positive. Cunt is, is rarely a positive word. 
Pussy now is a word I love, but I don't typically use pussy um, because again, I know you could make a case that the word pussy has something to do with cats, but no, no, no. We all know that pussy is, is a gender negative phrase. So I typically avoid the word pussy and I avoid the word cunt. Um, I, I don't know what other words there really are that people are offended. They're afraid of these days. Pussy, cunt, fuck shit. Those are the only ones I can think of. So if you're so so if you're afraid of the word fucking shit, I don't recommend this 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 podcast because you might hear those words on this podcast. But you don't have to worry if you're afraid of the word cunt or pussy because I probably won't be using those words on my podcast. Okay, so there you go. Um. I now am on a radio show on the internet that is not regulated by any government. It is not regular. No, no government entity is telling me that I can't use the word fuck and pussy and cunt and, and all those other words. It's just the radio station, the internet radio station. They are, they are now saying, well, Sage, you know, we're going to have to let people uh, know, you know, what kind of show you've got here, you know, and, and to that, I say, uh, I don't know, like, who are they thinking is listening to the seven-year-olds? So seven-year-olds, um, if your parents think you can't handle the words fucking shit, which are the words I typically love to use the most, uh, just go over to PewDiePie, as you know, and, and, and you can get your fill of all kinds of uh, swear words, which your parents have no idea about. But, but um, really, this is for um, uh, condescending, hypocritical, uh, um, um, fragile liberals that this little notice is. If you can't stand the word fuck and the word shit and it hurts your soul, then, um, you're kind of hopeless. All right. Because what I'm talking about is a system of oppression and torture and murder of the poorest people in your sacred country. Okay. So, um, you are, um, lost. You're lost. You have no idea where you are and what, I mean, you're worried about the wrong thing. So you can go fuck yourself, you piece of liberal shit. Okay. See, that's what you're going to hear on this show. Okay. Um, I typically am left. Okay. I'm not a communist and I'm not an anarchist. Okay. But I am quite left. All right. I do. I do lean very left. Um, I just don't believe in communism. I don't believe it's going to be any better than capitalism. Uh, just, we just need to reform and have regulations with capitalism. I, I believe, but what I'm not a fine, I'm not a economic, I'm not Marx. I'm a guy that says fucking shit on an internet radio show that gets, you know, uh, now gets a warning symbol on it. Okay. So what the hell do I know? I don't know shit. Okay. Um, 
about economic systems. If you, if you think you're a genius in economic systems, well then by all means, I'll just take your word on it. I mean, Paul Krugman actually has a fricking, uh, uh, Nobel prize for economics. And I don't, I don't even think he understands economic systems that well, but at any rate, um, just so you know, this show has the word fucking shit in it a lot. And I do like to play with it. Sometimes I like to say, uh, you know, a stick of a shit stick up your fuck hole or something along those lines. I don't know that. No, that's not even good. I, 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 you know, I play with them. I play with them. So if you're offended by swear words, but you're outraged, <laughs> by homelessness you can go fuck yourself you piece of liberal hypocritical bullshit artist unbelievable i do believe we are living in an era see so so you get the conservatives um who actually stand up for what they believe like like guns so my guys the liberals the not even left they're not even left they're the ones in charge of the second first amendment and they're just going to give it away they're just going to give it away i'm like it's really pathetic um second amendment people are like come and fuck my guns up motherfucker i dare you let's fucking go right now and you know they have like estimated 350 million guns in this country which i say good job second amendment people good job i am 100 percent in support of the second amendment uh if you want more guns and more gun rights i'm all for it all for it uh i wish we would stop killing innocent people but i think a lot of that actually has to do with mental health which uh i'm sorry uh Ronald Reagan took away. I'm not saying uh, 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 Bill Clinton took away all the jobs and uh, uh, welfare, you know, with NAFTA and removing welfare. So I'm not dissing conservatives doing bullshit, but I will say that, you know, you can pretty much pin the blame on Ronald Reagan for removing all our mental health facilities. And so consequently our prisons and our homeless shelters become where we house the seriously mentally ill in this country because of Ronald Reagan. Okay. I'm just, they're all fucktards. Okay. Oh, I do. Ooh. Fucktard is a word that probably is offensive. See, I hate that fucktard because it has retard in it. You know, it suggests retard. I miss retard. I don't believe in mentally ill people, mentally disabled people being retards. My uh, uh, half sister, Becky, was mentally disabled and she was the least retarded person I've ever met in my life. She lived a wonderful incredibly engaged life. Um, uh, won gold medal in the special Olympics, uh, went to Hawaii twice, uh, several, uh, um, cruises had a boyfriend, had a nice job. She enjoyed it's just wonderful life. She was not a retard, but, uh, there's a lot of people out here specifically people, you know, people that you know, are offended by the word fuck are retarded. <laughs> they're trying to steal our rights but whatever so this might be the last show on this uh you know i'm obviously offending somebody uh you know and um but and then and i will say this now it's time for my sponsor of who i will probably lose 
next next week. If you would like to sponsor this show, it's seventy five bucks. Seventy five bucks. Uh, I'll pretty much whore out anything. I, I mean, I'm against misogyny. Uh, 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 um, you know, anti any group. You know, well, would I do a? Would I do a? Um, sponsorship for the KKK. Well, we can find out. I don't know. It's a tough one. Uh, you know, depends, I guess, what they want me to sponsor. Are they having a cookout? Are they, are they giving away food at the local church? Then I would probably sponsor it. If they're planning a cross burning in the lawn of, uh, you know, an African-American family, probably wouldn't uh, promote that event. Not my my thing. I mean, you know what the Black Panthers were all about, right? Uh, free lunch. They gave away lunches to kids. That's what the Black Panthers did. But, you know, so I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I know that the Hell's Angels, I don't know what their stance on racial matters are. I know that it's a generally white group and, and there is a uh, African-American uh, biker group that I can't remember. I'm not up on my biker groups right at the moment but you know they're super helpful they do toys for tots and stuff like that so i would totally you know uh support a uh you know i would i would take a sponsorship from the hell's angels if they were promoting something good you know <laughs> so there you go if you'd like to have a sponsor here here it's 75 dollars. it goes on the podcast uh but you are uh, going to be a uh, person who has had a sponsorship with somebody that says fucking shit in very variations, but doesn't typically say cunt and pussy. So, you know, that's good. So speaking of people that take no shit, today's sponsor, Warner Mendenhall, <laughs> will probably be canceling me this week. <laughs> You know what? WarnerMendenhall.com. Warner Mendenhall. Okay. It's just pretty much like you would say, you know, Warner, like Time Warner, and then Mendenhall. Menden is two two E's and then Hall, like walking down a hall. Dot com. <laughs> Warner Mendenhall doesn't take shit from big corporations and uh, oppressive governments. If you are a person that has been oppressed, uh, experienced racism, uh, has been hurt by the government or by an employer or by any other fucking bullshit organization in America, of which most of them are, call Warner Mendenhall, goddammit. Oh, I do like goddammit. Ah, yeah, I'm going to have to make a list. I love that one. It only offends God, and I don't think he's offended. I know. I just He's got bigger fish to fry. Fish to fry. That's offensive to fish. But fuck the fish. I got to eat something. What am I going to eat? I guess I could eat vegetables beans you're right uh call warner mendenhall at 330-535-9160 uh he exposes fraud and corruption at the highest level retain an experienced false claims attorney today in akron ohio warner mendenhall is a good guy 
legitimately good guy. Okay. Uh, and you live in a world that is run by not good people. I'm sorry. America is not run by good people. They will fuck your ass with a, with a pointy slivery stick. Any chance they can get. Yeah. You see this show will have things like that in it. Yeah. Ooh, can you imagine being fucked in the ass with a pointy slivery stick? It's happened. It's happened. I'm not even, uh, you know, that's not even something that is hypothetical or allegorical or metaphorical. That shit has actually happened to people and it's got to suck. Well, that, my friends, is the kind of people that Warner Mendenhall fights against. Okay. People that like to stick pointy, slivery poles up innocent people's asses. Okay. Call Warner Mendenhall if you have a pointy slivery stick up your ass because of the government or uh, some corporation. He will take that pointy slivery stick out your ass and probably stick it in the ass of the guy he's going to fuck up in court. <laughs> it was nice having you as a sponsor, Warner Mendenhall. I will take no... Uh, offense when you ask me to never use your name in my show again <laughs> because that's the world we live in we now live in a world where it is cool to uh take away uh first amendment rights even on the internet that is not controlled by any government institution just by organizations that are afraid of things like everybody else in this country except um conservatives so let's talk about that. I know this is supposed to be about homelessness, but it all relates because it all is about oppression and homelessness is just one extension of American oppression. Okay. So right now there, the, the, um, impeachment trial is going on about, you know, did, uh, Donald Trump, uh, you know, inspire these people to overtake the Capitol. And I, I, I mean, personally, I think he did. I mean, but whatever. That's not actually what this is. My thought about this is. Um, I can't help but be impressed by the people that stormed the Capitol. I can't. I, I'm sorry to say it. I know that's outrageous. I don't even know if that's uh, 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 treasonous to say that. I know that I wouldn't have done it. Um, I am very anti hurting and killing innocent people. Um, but I'm not against a good, healthy riot. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not because you know why? Because what else is going to get their attention? Okay. What else is going to get their attention? I ask you. Uh, walking politely down the street, singing songs doesn't seem to work. Doesn't seem to work. Uh, do you know about this? Do you know about, hold on. What is it? It is, uh, hold on. I, I wrote about Lucy Parsons today, um, every day on, um, Facebook and Instagram in, um, uh, in black history month, I'm trying to 
put out something about that I'm learning about Black History Month. And so Lucy Parsons, uh, born in 1851, died in 1942, uh, was an American labor organizer and radical socialist and an an anarcho-communist. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. They tend to be my friends. I'm not an anarcho-communist, but man, I want to, I would like to say I was because I like that word. She is remembered as a powerful orator, probably did not use the word fucking shit all the time. Parsons entered the radical movement following her marriage to newspaper editor Albert Parsons and moved with him from Texas to Chicago. Uh, following her husband's 1887 execution in conjunction with the Haymarket Affair, Parsons remained a leading American radical activist as a founder of the Industrial Workers of the World and a member of other political. Anyways, uh, Lucy Parsons, total fucking badass. But what I really wanted to get to is the Haymaker Affair. Do you know what this is? Also, um, sometimes referred to as the Haymarket bombing and the Haymarket uh, riot. Or uh, the Haymarket Massacre. Pretty much the Haymarket shitstorm, the Haymarket fuckery, whatever. Just the Haymarket, people will know what you're saying. Okay. Um, the Haymarket, whatever you want to call it, was the aftermath of a bombing that took place at a labor demonstration on May 4th in 1886. Okay, 1886 at the Haymarket Square in Chicago began as a peaceful rally in support of workers striking for an eight hour workday. The day after police killed one and injured several, several workers. Okay, I don't know if you know this, but police like to kill people because they can. And who else is going to fucking stand up against them? So the police killed somebody and injured several other persons. Uh, an unknown person threw a dynamite bomb at the police as they acted to disperse the meeting and the bomb blast and ensuing gunfire resulted in the death of seven police officers and at least four civilians and dozens of others were wounded. So I don't know if you know about that, but it's important. I believe that, you know, you aren't probably, I don't know. Did you learn about the Haymarket massacre in, uh, in, uh, in, 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 in public school? I don't think I did because the government likes to push down these kinds of uprisings. Okay. Um, they don't want people to remember that there are times all throughout American history where people stood up to the oppression of the government and uh, the May 4th, 1886 demonstration at Haymarket Square, uh, followed by the day after where they threw a, a, um, a dynamite stick, a piece of dynamite, a stick of dynamite. Um, dynamite stick sounds like a super awesome stick, you know, a dynamite stick. No, a stick of dynamite. That's how the people died was it was dynamite. It was a stick made out of dynamite. Okay. Um, so at any rate, uh, the goal was an eight hour workday. And I want you to look around in your life and I want you to see what kind of workday you have. Eight hours, eight, eight hours. Okay. All right. Now, I'm no expert on this, but what I am going to tell you is, is it a coincidence that 
some cops got killed from a dynamite stick, stick of dynamite. And now we have an eight hour workday. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, let's go down here. Effects on the labor movement in May Day. Historian Nathan Fine points out that trade union activists continued to show signs of growth and vitality culminating later in 1886 with the establishment of the Labor Party of Chicago. Fine observes the fact that despite police repression, newspaper incitement to hysteria and the organization of the possessing classes, which followed the throwing of the bomb on May 4th, the Chicago wage earners only united their forces and stiffened their resistance. The conservatives and radical central bodies, there were two each of the trade unions, also two also of the Knights of Labor, the socialists and the anarchists, the single taxers and the reformers. God, this is a long sentence. I don't, I don't even know. On Labor Day, the number of Chicago workers in the parade led the country. Uh, on the first anniversary of the event of May 4th, 1887, the New York Tribune published an interview with Senator Leland Stanford in which he addressed the consensus that the conflict between capital and labor is intensifying. That's why he's a senator, everybody, because he can really fucking... <laughs> See the obvious and articulated a vision advocated by the Knights of Labor for an industrial system of worker owned cooperatives uh, among um, uh, another among the strategies pursued to advance the condition of laborers. The interview was republished, republished as a pamphlet to include the bill Stanford introduced in the Senate to foster cooperatives. Anyways, uh, well, but let me just read a little more. Uh, popular pressure continued for the establishment of the eight hour day at the convention of the American Federation of Labor, AFL, in 1888. The union decided to campaign for the shorter workday again. Uh, May 1st, 19 or 1890 was agreed upon as the date on which workers would strike for an eight hour workday. Okay, so let's pontificate, shall we, on the importance of the Haymarket affair, massacre, fuckery, shitstorm, whatever you want to call it, versus, you know, just striking. <laughs> so I don't know that I have an answer for that, right? Did the Haymarket affair help put a fine point on the seriousness of the eight hour workday or was it just a diversion that actually hurt the, the, uh, uh, movement, uh, or did it not matter at all? Okay. Now let me give you another guy. One of my favorite people in history, the most important summit County resident to ever live. I live in Akron, Summit County, Ohio, the most important, most consequential, as I would like to say, uh, Akronite and Summit County resident, John motherfucking Brown. Okay. John motherfucking Brown. <laughs> uh, most popularly known for uh, raid on Harper's Ferry. Okay, John motherfucking Brown. Okay, let me just pull up his Wikipedia page so I have a little bit of stuff here. Um, let me read a little here. Brown felt that violence was necessary to end American slavery as years of speeches, sermons, petitions, and moral persuasion had failed. 
An intensely religious man, Brown believed he was raised up by God to strike the death blow to American slavery. He also believed that in all the ages of the world, God had created certain men to perform special work in some direction far in advance of their countrymen, even at the cost of their lives. He believed that among his early missions was to free the American slave, and it must be performed. He was very strict in his religious duties and regarded this as sacred. I am an instrument of God. This motherfucker is my man. That is an OG motherfucker right there. Okay. That is who I want to be. I want to be that committed to the, to the law of God. Okay. Make no mistake. American homelessness is against the law of God. Just as Chattel slavery was, just as the genocide of Native Americans was, just as torturing uh, immigrant families at the southern border of United States is. We do it over and over again. We are always acting against the law of God. The law of God is simple. Do what's right and fight against what is wrong. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's as easy as it is. And when uh, the little people are being fucked by the big people, God's not happy. He's not. God ain't happy about that shit. Never is. Never is. So I love this fucker. I love John H. Brown. God damn. God damn. Okay. So yeah, now let's just recap. I do love the, I love goddamn because it just insults God and he doesn't give a fuck. I don't all, I, I try not to call God. He, they, they don't give a fuck. Uh, I love fuck because it doesn't offend anybody in particular. It's just a good, powerful word. And I like shit because shit is shitty and everybody has it. We can all agree that shit is shitty. <laughs> those are my three words. If you don't like those words, ladies and gentlemen, you better not listen to me because that's what's really dangerous about me. That's what's really dangerous about me. That I say shit and fucking goddamn. <laughs> so basically, uh, <laughs> John Brown's the real fucking deal. Did you know about this? You probably, you do maybe know about, um, uh, you've heard at least of the Harper's Ferry raid, but did you know about this part about John Brown in May of 1856 Brown and his supporters killed five supporters of slavery in the Potawatomi massacre. Everybody should learn about the Potawatomi massacre. Because you get to say Potawatomi. I mean, you know, a response to the sacking of Lawrence by pro-slavery forces. Okay, let me uh, read a little bit about the Potawatomi massacre, or uh, nobody calls it anything other than that. Unlike the Haymaker Haymarket affair, Potawatomi massacre is just always the Potawatomi massacre. It occurred on May twentieth, twenty third, until May twenty sixth, eighteen fifty six. Now, hold that thought, eighteen fifty six. Pato, uh, the, uh, uh, hold on. The Hayman market affair was, uh, 1886, 1886. So we're like literally 30 years before that. Okay. 30 years before the Haymarket affair, when people were actually doing shit that mattered instead of cowering in their houses, worried about swear words. <laughs> 
The Potawatomi massacre occurred from May 23rd and continued till May 26th with the killings occurring on the night of May 24th and the morning of May 25th. Okay. In reaction to the sacking of Lawrence, Kansas, by pro-slavery forces on May 21st, uh, the severe attack on May 22nd on Massachusetts Senator Gerald Sumner for speaking out against slavery in Kansas. John Brown, here he gets good, in a band of abolition, abolitionist settlers, some of them members from the Potawatomi Rifles, made a violent reply. Just north of Potawatomi Creek in Franklin County, Kansas, they killed five pro-slavery settlers in front of their families. This soon became the most famous and the many violent episodes of the bleeding Kansas period, during which a state level civil war in Kansas territory was described as a tragic prelude to the American civil war, which soon followed. Okay. Did you know that? Let me read that sentence again. Get it in your brain. Soon became the most famous of many violent episodes of the bleeding Kansas period during which a state level civil war in Kansas territory was described as the tragic prelude of the American Civil War. It wasn't tragic because you know what happened after the Civil War? No more slaves, motherfucker. Worth it. Fucking worth it. Don't you think? Bleeding Kansas involved conflicts between pro and anti-slavery settlers over whether Kansas territory would enter the union as a slave state or free state. It's also John Brown's most questionable act. Both <laughs> to his friends and his enemies. In the words uh, of abolitionist Frederick Douglass, it was a terrible remedy for a terrible malady. Okay. It was brutal. Okay. Fucking brutal. So hardcore. Um, let's see. Can I get you some gory details? Okay. <laughs> okay. Sometimes after dark, this is like on May 24th, uh, the party left their place of hiding, proceeded to their secret expedition. Late in the evening, they called at the house of James Doyle and ordered him and his two adult sons, William and Drury, to go with them as prisoners. Doyle's 16-year-old son, John, who was not a member of the pro-slavery law and order party, was spared after his mother pleaded for his life. Okay? So we got William, Drury, and James Doyle. Three men were escorted by their captors out into the darkness where Owen Brown, I think that's uh, one of John Brown's sons, and one of his brothers killed them with broadswords. John Brown Sr. did not participate in the stabbing, but fired a shot into the head of the fallen James Doyle to ensure he was dead. James and his Brown then went to the house of Alan Wilkinson and ordered him out. He was slashed and stabbed to death by Henry Thompson and Theodore Weiner, possibly with the help from Brown's sons. From there, they crossed the Potawatomi and sometime after midnight forced their way into the cabin of Jane Harris at James Harris at Sword Point. Harris had three house guests, John Reitman, Jerome Glanville, and William Sherman, the brothers of Harry, Henry Sherman, Dutch Henry, a militant pro-slavery activist. Glanville and Harris were taken outside for interrogation and asked whether they had threatened free state settlers, aided border ruffians from Missouri, or participated in the sack of Lawrence. Satisfied with their answers, Brown met, let Ganville and Harris return to the cabin. Okay. William Sherman, however, was led to the edge of the creek and hacked to death with swords by Weiner Thompson and Brown's sons. 
Having learned of Harris's cabin uh, that Dutch Henry, their main target of expedition, was away from home on the prairie, they ended their expedition and returned to the ravine where they previously had encamped. They rejoined the uh, Osawatomi Company that night. Okay, so those fuckers don't play around. They don't play. All right. They were fucking pissed about slavery and they were right. They were right. It is absolutely a total, completely abhorrent uh, system propped up by the American government. And let me read this again. Brown felt that violence was necessary to end the American slavery and American slavery as years of speeches, sermons, petitions, and moral persuasion had failed. Okay. It's hard to deny that, ain't it? It's hard to deny as a person for the last five or so years who has tried everything I have tried. I have an absolutely top grade uh, law firm on my side, trying to just have a discussion about whether or not I should be allowed to shelter homeless people. Um, I tried everything in my power to uh, work with the city, to come up with solutions for the city, because I believe it is um, an absolutely, absolute humanitarian nightmare and catastrophe that we allow over 550,000 known. That's what the government's number is. That's way too low. Incidentally, over 550,000 men, women, and children in the richest, most Christian country in the world to fester, starve, and freeze to death on American streets. It's wrong. It's absolutely 100% wrong, wrong, wrong. There is no moral, there is no moral uh, persuasive argument where you can justify the brutal torture of poor people in America. There's none. There's absolutely none. You can't do it. You can't do it. Um, and so I am here in the line of people like John Brown, like these Haymarket Affair folks, and all these other people that dedicated their life to standing up for the way American government has brutalized, tortured, genocided, and um, shunned and condemned people it doesn't like. We've done it since the day we moved in with the natives. And we do it to immigrants now, and we do it to homeless people now. And, uh, you know, don't forget, we put uh, Japanese people, Japanese Americans in internment camps because we were afraid of them during World War II, even though they lived here their whole life. Uh, we just do this. This is who we are as America. And I'm not fucking putting up with that because we are also the likes of the Haymarket Affair and John Brown. Okay. That said, I have a deontological constraint. I have a, law, a line I will not cross. I will not kill or even hurt another human. I won't do it. 
I won't do it. And uh, why? Because I won't. It does. I don't have to like tell you why. It's wrong. It's wrong to hurt and kill people. It is. It is. Even your enemy. Sorry. It is. <laughs> How can I be true to God's law and then be like, and then I'm going to f- kill you? God doesn't want that. God doesn't want that. Okay. Uh, and so that being said, I realize my, um, I, now I get to be on the righteous side of things. People will be like, Oh, Sage was a pacifist. I mean, I'm not really a pacifist. I don't want that to, I don't want that to get out. I'm, I, you can fuck a statue. You can fuck a building. You know, I don't give a shit about things. Okay. But I won't kill or hurt a person. You know, that's not going to be part of my plan. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, I feel like, you know, you look at these Haymarket affair people, right? And, uh, you're like, well, you know, did they, did they really put a point on the fact that people are serious about eight hour days? You look at bleeding Kansas. People are like, eh, people are saying it was the, uh, dress rehearsal to the civil war. And I got to say, I support, see, that's the conflict, right? I'm not telling other people how to do their business. Okay. I'm not telling John Brown, he shouldn't kill people. I'm not killing people. That's all. Okay. Uh, and you know, God, he says right here, I'm an instrument of God. He believed it. He believed it. I feel like an instrument of God and God's telling me not to kill people. I'm hoping that if I don't get thrown off of the internet for saying fucking shit and goddamn that my words can get out there and that we can unite because we do have a tool called democracy and voting is, um, yeah, obviously there is, there are challenges of voting suppression and a little bit of voting corruption, but for the most part, I do believe in, uh, voting. I believe it's still a functional tool. Now, if we lost voting in America, then, uh, I might have to change my mind, but I believe with the internet and with voting, I mean, look what, look what TikTok did to Donald Trump's uh, uh, event that one day they they basically they united it to troll Donald Trump over a TikTok. They bought all the tickets to his event, and he thought they had millions of people coming to his event. No one was at his event. <laughs> See, that's great, right? Donald Trump himself. It was a kind of a a, a troll uh, response to the government by you know these four chan and all these groups, you know, doing it for the lulls. He was kind of that. Like, I believe we can unite. I believe that if we can get people excited about something, that they'll they'll join in and they'll they'll fucking change the system. I also am a believer in local politics. I I I mean, I I really really think I think you could put a dog in office in most cities. I think you could run a dog for mayor and people would come out and vote for it. That would be funny, right? I mean, that's a good idea. I I think, I think that's a good idea. 
I might try that this coming up election in local Akron politics because people would come out and vote for the dog. And I've looked and it doesn't say you have to be a human. It just says you have to live here for a year. Both of my dogs have lived here for a year. Both of them. So uh, I might run a dog for mayor. I mean, why not? I think my dog is a Democrat. I'm pretty sure he believes in helping people and loving people. Um, anyways, um, <laughs> I think I could primary uh, uh, Dan Oregon with a dog. I do. I really fucking do. You only need 10,000 votes out of a hundred or wait, is it 190,000 people primaries generally uh, get about 15,000 votes together. He won uh, with 10,000 votes in the last primary. If I can't get 10,000 votes for a cute dog, I mean, am I, am I worth my salt? <laughs> what is all this saying fucking shit and goddamn for if I can't get a dog to primary the mayor? <laughs> I don't know. I think I'm going to try. Maybe. Why not? Right. What else have I got to do? Um, people love to do shit for the lulls. Anyways. Uh, we got to be careful. Oh, oh, this is where I was headed. The uh, Capitol Hill riot or whatever. I don't know what they're going to call that. Is that what they're going to call it? Uh, actually, very impressed by those those people. Very impressed. Um they were led by a madman who just wanted to um, stay in power. Um, and so he deceived his followers through lies there. I'm sorry. There were lies. I'm not, I'm not here to like conspiracy theory. I mean, all the courts bar who was as this basically a lap dog of Donald Trump. Um, Pence, these high up Republicans in the Senate, they're all like, look, it was a fair election. You lost. Okay. I, that's, it's just true. There were not, there was not enough uh, um, illegal voting. And I believe that there is illegal voting in every election. And we need to do more about that. We need to, we need to uh, protect the sacredness, the secretity. Is that a word? The secretity, the sacredity of the American voting system, because I think it is how you uh, potentially get out of these situations without having to have massacres potentially. But I got to say, if the Republicans uh, like, <sighs> The reason they stood up for Donald Trump is because they believe Donald Trump was standing up for them. And, um, and I don't know how I, I think so. I think like he listened to them and, uh, and the fact of the matter is they believed it. They believed that he was standing up for them. And so they were standing, they believed he was standing up for them. And so they were going to stand up for him. Okay. And, um, so, you know, if it had been a riot 
in Capitol Hill for a cause that you care deeply about, like say immigration or homelessness or addiction or poverty or whatever. Um, I, it would have even been better if they had said, look, uh, the Democrats stole our jobs with NAFTA. The government just continues to take things away from all Americans, particularly poor white Americans. The, and the, 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 um, the, the Democrats care more about immigrants than they do people that have lived here for generations, which is absolutely true. Um, they, the, uh, Democrats care for city people, uh, which tends to be more um, immig- immigratory, Im- immigration based, you know, they, they don't care as much about, um, they judge and look down on, uh, poor white people. It's absolutely true that they do that. And so, um, uh, you know, this is, sorry, there's, I just got news that some local dog owner is upset about her poodle. I can't, I don't know. You don't need to know anyways. So she's frantic about her. It's insane about her lost poodle, I guess. Anyway, I'm just going to see it's tragic. Uh, but I, I do feel like that these people QAnon who are based on, you know, the, the, the foundational ideology of Q9 is absolutely cultish and outlandish, but it's not hard to go underneath all of that stuff and say, look, these white people do not feel like they are being represented in the government. The Republicans just want rich white people. The Democrats just want uh, uh, black people and uh, brown people and condemn and look down on uh, 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 white people's Christianity and ruralness and, 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 and uh, traditions. And so they make a very valid point. Okay. So I do feel like there is something is going to come out of those that riot. And what if it's like rescinding NAFTA, bringing jobs back to America? I don't know. Again, I'm not, I'm not an expert on any of that kind of thing, but I mean, what if, what if that riot leads to something where, uh, uh, marginalized white people, which is a real thing, absolutely a real thing. Um, people take, take, listen, you know? So, um, Uh, people would always say like one of the real powers of Martin Luther King was that they had Malcolm X sitting in the wings, you know, and uh, there's something about that. And I'm sorry to say it. I'm sorry to say that we can't be persuaded to do the right thing through dialogue and compassion and empathy that repeatedly it appears that the only way we make moves in this country is through violence. Prove me wrong. I want, I want you to prove me wrong. (laughs) 
I want you to tell me that that is not right. That that is not how America, uh, a country formed out of a revolution, may I say, (laughs) has not advanced with either the threat or the actual use of violence against the government. Okay. Uh, French Revolution, I think, went down in history as considered a great thing. The American Revolution, absolutely considered a great thing, right? That's violence, everybody. Bloody, crazy violence. And they were terrorists. Okay. Make no mistake that the American revolutionaries were terrorists, treasonous terrorists. They do what terrorists do. They hung out in the woods and, and did these, these crazy attacks as the redcoats marched in line like dumbasses. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. But I bring it up because I'm going to, I do know one thing. All of our freedoms are in jeopardy. All of them. And because I choose to use foul language and I don't talk the way I'm supposed to talk, this very show is in jeopardy because it's too risky. It's too risky. Whenever you stand up for your rights, it's too risky for those in charge. It's too risky. Ask Martin Luther King from his letter from a Birmingham jail, from the Birmingham jail. There wasn't a, it was the, the, from Birmingham jail, just Birmingham jail. There was one jail in Birmingham and he was in it. He goes into great detail about how white clergy, white men in clergy, clergy, white men, white clergy men. I don't know how you put those in order best. Clergy, white men, white clergymen, white clergymen, white clergymen is how you say that. Uh, How white clergymen repeatedly told him that the time is not right. That his ideas are right, but the time is not now. He's moving too fast. We have a terrible habit as humans of uh, not being able to apply history to today. It seems we have to learn the, the teachings of history over and over and over again because we can't apply theories from one situation to another situation. All of our freedoms of speech right now are being jeopardized. The people who control the tools of speech are looking at all of our speeches and determining whether or not 
we can show them. Um, or say them. I am telling you, and you think it's probably just right wing uh, crazy talk that is being um, squelched, but yours is being squelched too. Because if your movement, if you were John Brown and had Facebook, in 2021, I promise you, Facebook would have shut down John Brown's webpage, Facebook page, because he promoted violence, even though it was for the absolute correct reason. So when and where does it stop? Where does violence start and stop? There's a woman on Facebook who doesn't like me to swear because it scares her. She literally said that. She's like, I don't like it when you swear because it scares me. Well, then I'm like, boo, motherfucker. I am here to motherfucking scare you because if all I have to do is say fucking shit and goddamn a few times and I scare you by raising awareness, then you better motherfucking believe I'm going to do it. Because I can't ask nice. It is a humanitarian disaster of over a half a million Americans that they are living on the streets with no emergency shelter. If there was a tsunami, a tornado, a forest fire that unhoused 550,000 Americans, you better believe the government would be on that shit because people would be outraged. FEMA would be there with some fucking trailers and whatever they needed to do. Gyms would be opening. But because homelessness is a slow boil by people uh, that are um, condemned by our government as drug addicted, lazy losers, the government can get away with not helping them. They don't want to help anybody. They don't want to help uh, people in forest fires or Louisiana or Puerto Rico. They don't want to help any of those fuckers. They don't give a fuck about people. Don't ever think they care about the people. All they care about is their own power. Okay. And getting votes because they have the unfortunate situation of living in a democracy, but the democracy cuts both ways because that's how they rose in power. They, they, they became powerful uh, because of democracy and not because of genetic uh, lines, you know? So democracy made them and will also jeopardize their, their making. So, so, so they, 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 they despise democracy because of the power these stupid people have over them. All of them feel that way. All of them. No, don't you think anybody else 
Don't you think any one of them never fall in love with a politician? Never, never trust a politician, never fall in love with a politician. A politician is either doing the right thing or they are need to go every time. Okay. Every time. They're coming for your rights, people. This might be the last time you hear this show. I know I'm going to get a talking to guarantee that at the very least. <laughs> so there you go. All right, everybody. I love you. I'll see you. Bye. Thank you for listening to Sage and the Houseless Movement, a weekly show dedicated to the news and views of the homeless locally and worldwide.